I mean, the, the one I'm really hoping um, someday, and I, completely selfish of me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, on the Devils and Dust tour, he played the, the Boston Garden, and it was a, it was a very odd um, setup. He played half the, half the venue. Instead of cutting it down the middle, uh, he cut it long ways. <laughs> okay. That a hockey arena, you know, cut long ways down the middle. It was taped for DVD. We had to, you know, there's signs everywhere. You'll yeah. be taped. You come in, and um, and it was never released. Oh, uh, and and I've heard him interviewed once or twice. I think he's mentioned. Oh, yeah, we'll get around to it. And you know, other things came up. And Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and if it's September and it's an anniversary month, I can't celebrate without one of my favorite guests, still the holder of the most downloaded episode ever, Mr. Blogness on the Edge of Town himself, Peter Chanka. How you doing, Pete? I'm doing very well, Jesse. How are you? I am good. I am very good. I've, uh, I just, I tweeted, um, as we're recording this, uh, it's the end of August and I have officially reached my 90 days post surgery and I can eat anything I want now that my stomach will allow, you know, I had, I had to go, uh, three weeks of liquid only. And that was tough. That I won't lie to you. That was like, I was really you know, tired of just liquids. And then the next uh, two and a half to, you know, half months, uh, they recommended soft food only. So you could, you could have scrambled eggs, you could have lunch meat, you could have um, fresh fruit, but you couldn't have like raw vegetables or a salad or, you know, even mashed potatoes, which you think is the most soft food there is. They, they don't want the starches. They don't want you in there. So, uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm doing good and uh, I'm uh, feeling great and I'm ready for summer to be over because my day got, my day gig is roadside assistance in the RV industry. And we've had another busy summer. I, I bet you have. That's, that's something that probably didn't see much of a, much of a drop off. No. Uh, people people still like to get out it maybe it was one of the only places they could get out well yeah now we do think that uh it started earlier in the year our summer and we're hoping it's going to end a little sooner because last fall it never ended to like we got to october deep october because people weren't going they were all virtual schools so why come home just stay in the rv and find a place with wi-fi and just you know homeschool your kids in the morning and then explore the great outdoors in the afternoon oh man well let me offer my congratulations first of all on your latest anniversary that's uh terrific i can't believe it's been it's been that long i remember uh when you kicked kicked this thing off yes no does not seem like that long ago to me i don't know if it feels that long ago to you no, it doesn't. And we still, I get my, the guy who runs our network, um, which I know owes you a phone call and I'm going to 
reach out to him again. But, um, you know, he joked about when he got off the phone with me, he said, hey, Martha, Jesse's going to do a Springsteen podcast. I think we'll get a season out of it. And to him, a season is 12 episodes, right? And uh, he said, and, you know, 700 episodes they'll ever i'm just amazed that you've kept this thing going so you you can't you just it's the power of the boss right well that's the thing i mean i've been doing the blog now since 2007 and uh i also did not really think too far ahead um i really i don't think i could have predicted you know how prolific he would be Yes. First of all, you know, and how, how he would continue to just surprise us and, and come out with, you know, sort of new and, and interesting detours uh, in his professional career to keep us all interested. Um, and I guess I, I, maybe if I thought of it, I would, but I, I don't think I anticipated uh, how much of a thrill it still is to so many people every time he comes out with something new. And I think that's what kept it going and what has kept it going, you know, all, all this time um, to see the excitement when, you know, there's rumblings of a new album or a new tour or whatever it is. Um, and, and it's, there's just so much material there. Yeah. You know, I know the last time I had you on, we were talking about letter to you and the middle and all this other stuff. There was this, this whole, you know, thought i mean you know there was so much promotion in letter to you and so many interesting interviews and then you know i there is one cranky guy on twitter that is complaining when are we going to get tracks to you've promised something important i'm like well you know uh he did give us surprises and and all joking aside the arrest right but you know yeah. the a podcast with Obama, um, you know, Highway to Hell, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes, you know, um, you know, uh, little uh, Johnny Cougar Mellencamp is one of my, you know, favorite DJs used to see is, is having him sing with them. I mean, you know, he has stayed busy yeah, and, yeah, and you know, and, I think it's really cool. They put off time that if they were allowed to go to Tokyo, they could have, but they didn't. But I'm sure I pictured a huge watching party in the barn where they they filmed, you know, uh, Western stars. I just pictured that they had a huge watching party and uh, the USA did him proud. So his daughter came back with the silver. Yeah, that's exciting. And I'm so happy for them. And if you see, I don't know if you saw this week, um, you know, Jessica posted on her Instagram, a great black and white photo of the, yeah. the and you can just tell how uh, happy and excited and proud they are. And how could you not be happy for them? Yeah, uh, who was I forgot who said but someone and I'm, it wasn't exactly original, but I still I had not thought about it. Um, you know, Jeopardy question, what family has an, you know, an Oscar, <laughs> you know, a Tony, a Grammy, you know, uh, multiple gold records, platinum records, and a silver medal, right? <laughs> like, you know, it's I'm probably the only one. I can't yeah, yeah, so that's really, really great. So uh, before we hit record, you were telling me uh, everyone's well in the family? Everyone's doing well, getting ready for a new uh, school year for my son who's heading off to, to his sophomore year after kind of an aborted freshman year, thanks to COVID. Yeah. Uh, he did well, but it was mostly remote. 
Um, and my daughter who graduated from college and is now back home. So the cycle continues. There you um, go. That's good. I'm not complaining. Love having her. And uh, I hope she stays here and puts money in the bank, which I did not do when I graduated. I did not either. I'd always kind of regretted it yes. as I did loans for the next number of years. Yes. Um, so, uh, so yeah. And then we're just waiting for some sort of sense of normalcy. I, I've been working remote. Um, for my day job at boston.com here in Massachusetts. And wow. um, we were scheduled to go back in September. Now it's October. And who knows if that will get pushed back again. So it's it's still a certain sense of uh, craziness out there. Um, and I'm just playing it by ear. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we went back into the office last May and have never left. But um, we, we we moved into a new office while I was out sick. And so when I moved into the new office, um, you know, we were, we were maskless and we were, we were back to like, if we ordered pizza, we didn't order individual pizzas. We just, you know, threw it on the counter and, and, uh, you know, and all of a sudden uh, we were supposed to do a big party to kind of celebrate the fall, you know, in almost end of summer, celebrate the new building. And all of a sudden, our owner's like, okay, everyone masks in common area again. Uh, you know, all catered food needs to be in individual buckets. And uh, we've, you know, we've had a mini outbreak in the office of um, several agents who either them or their child was positive for COVID. Now, so far, no one serious. But that's still, um, you know, they're, they're off work for two weeks to make sure they're okay and set to free. And it's just, um, and not to get politically, but, you know, our, our governor here in Texas is like, we're going to make a law where you can't mandate to get vaccinated. Yeah. What? What? I can't yeah. help but think, you know, in places like that and Florida, yeah. uh, that those decisions will wind up um, coming back to bite them politically. You know, if you see people around you getting sick, you know, and you've and you've taken uh, the authority out of the local jurisdictions, which is, you know, a lot of these, um, you know, the more conservative, you know, uh, politicians and um, executives and legislators, that's supposed to be their whole thing, isn't it? You know, yes, it is like, oh, we shouldn't we don't need a national department of education. We should trust the local school boards, but we're not going to trust the local school boards about wearing masks or being vaccinated. Um, And my last political statement, I I don't know, everyone I've shared this with had heard it. But Judge Jenkins, who is kind of in the way Texas is, you're it's kind of the head of the county this, you know, and they're, they're called judges, even though they're not truly a judge that's just pulled over from the old West had said, you know, last week that if you are a child, if your child needs an ICU bed in Dallas County, the only way they're going to get one is the child that's currently in the ICU bed dies. Right. Right. And you're like, what, wait a minute. No, no, no. This is, this is Dallas Fort Worth. This is it's, Dallas it's, County. It's, this is 2021. I, I mean, yeah, it is. It's kind of un- unbelievable. And I mean, that's why you're going to see, you know, these, you know, the vaccine mandates and, and some of these yeah. other things. And, you know, the, in the music industry, obviously, this has been, uh, you know, something that has been on the on the table. The, the, you know, I've, since yeah. the whole you know, reopening has 
been discussed. And Bruce's show, you know, his, his return to Broadway was, I think, one of the very first ones, if not the first, to require yeah. uh, proof of vaccination. And he got a few uh, protesters that that first week. He uh, did. You know, a small a small crowd of angry uh, people who don't want to be told what to do. Yeah. Uh, but I think more people are going to follow his lead. Um, because they need to get back to work and they need to get these doors open. And it's the fastest, you know, way to, way to do that, you know, is make, yeah. make more people are, are getting it. And it's, you know, and I know people are concerned now because there are breakthrough um, infections and all this, but it, it's definitely yeah. the best way to keep people out of the hospital and keep those ICU beds open. Absolutely. People from dying. So um, uh, as always, I'll bring it back to Bruce. Yes. Good decision. Absolutely, Landau or whoever made uh, made that yeah. choice, um, and I think we'll see it a lot going forward too. I think so too. Um, have you gotten out and done any uh, social event like a concert or or a ballpark or ball game? Um, went to Fenway. I uh, saw the Red Sox right at the beginning um, of sort of pre Delta when things were. Okay. Suddenly normal. It was almost yeah, weird how it normal did, it was. Yes. Um, and then a little while later, this was the very beginning of August, I think August 1st, my wife and I went to see John Anderson of the band Yes. I don't know if you're oh, familiar with, yeah. with, uh, with their work. She is a huge Yes fan from way back. And we've seen them many times. And he was coming to a little place uh, not too far from where we live, about a, uh, less than a 500 um, seat, um, almost like a club. So we really couldn't resist doing that. And when we bought the tickets, again, it was starting to feel normal. We're like, sure. going, by the time we went, it wasn't, masks weren't required, but you were a little uneasy. Like I was, you know, the Delta had yeah. just started to sort of make the headlines. And I remember looking around in this little place and thinking, if that's in here, we're breathing it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Luckily yeah. we were fine. Um, and it was great to see some live music and to be with a crowd. And, you know, the, there was a woman at our table who had come alone and we struck up a conversation with her. She'd seen him many times. And just to, that camaraderie that anybody, certainly anybody who's seen Bruce many times right. is, is familiar with. You feel like you're, you're part of, uh, you know, that, that larger family. Um, and, and I think, you know, we, we didn't realize how much we missed it. <laughs> in this Absolutely. We weren't, we weren't going out. Um, so that was nice. To, yeah. to get and I hope it doesn't uh, dry up quickly as quickly as it came back um you know we we uh i have tickets to see uh josh ritter in october the okay. uh, book rock singer also a big uh a big bruce fan has done some good springsteen yes he has in his day um so we'll see that's in another small venue and and hopefully uh that will come off as planned well about the same time july 31st on saturday night uh my good friend sarah hickman played at poor david's pub in there in Dallas, a very small, you know, intimate club. And uh, they did ask us all to wear masks unless we were drinking, you know, so like if you were, if you wanted to sit at your table and keep your drink going all the time, you know, no one was telling you anything, but uh, most like to do. Yeah. Uh, most people were very, you know, uh, there and um, it, it felt so good. Um, by far, Sarah is the person I've seen perform live the most. She's, you know, like in 87, 88, we discovered her and would go see her every time she played locally. 
and uh, we have gotten to be good friends over the year. And in fact, um, at the show, when she was doing her encore, you know, what do you guys want to hear? And everyone screamed and she's like, okay, Jesse, Linda, you tell me what, and I'll play whatever you guys want to play. That was nice. And uh, we got to see her afterwards and that felt it. There were a few happy tears, the idea, oh my gosh, we're, we're hearing live music. We're here, you know, and, and we do the same thing. You know, you're talking to people next to, you know, how many times have you seen Sarah? Oh, you know, and we were talking to a mom. She had young kids there, like teenagers, like, oh, you're raising her right, going to see live music and feeling good. Um, so, and then I have tickets to see the Rangers this weekend. And so there's a new ballpark. Uh, I want to see that. And so we'll be wearing our masks, but um, I'm looking forward to um, seeing the new ballpark and going. So, yeah, it's you're I'm trying to find the balance between getting back to normal, but at the same time being very safe and, you know, thing. And um, and I end every podcast with go get vaccinated. Yeah. I mean, you know, just, just, I, I, I'm probably preaching, preaching to the choir, but I just got to say it. Yeah. I heard our governor, Governor Charlie Baker on the radio today, um, talking about the Jimmy Fund, which is the, yeah. uh, the Red Sox cancer charity. And, um, and he, you know, he's a Republican, um, but in a very liberal state and he has learned how to work with people from across, you know, yeah. all walks of life and from across the aisle. And, um, and he said it. You know, this is the fastest way. He doesn't want to mandate masks again. He has in schools, but he doesn't want to do it in businesses necessarily. But the, the best way to avoid that is get as many people vaccinated as possible. And we're very lucky here because we have a high vaccination rate. Um, and and I, I attribute uh, that at least partially, you know, to his to his efforts. That's good. Uh, and uh, we'll see. Hopefully. Yeah. Better from here. So. Um, we'll switch to Bruce for a moment. Uh, I am excited or I am looking forward to seeing the full, um, release of the, you know, no nukes concert. I realize there's been parts of it there. We've heard the audio, but I, I think that's a fun little treat for, to see the band captured during that time period. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, and I'm, I mean, I'm certainly, you always get the people on, on Twitter is like, oh, wait, I knew that was coming. That's no surprise. I'm surprised. I didn't, you know, you knew it was floating around out there, but it yeah. wasn't a release I was necessarily anticipating. And uh, yeah, that should be a, a, a lot of fun. I mean, the, I mean, by all accounts, you know, that period was, you know, maybe the height of his powers, you know. Yes. Or into, you know, um, you know, the early 80s there. And, um, you know, the, the more photographic evidence we can acquire uh of that you know the the better um so yeah I, i'm you know very it's still you know it's, it's looking looking back instead of forwards but that's okay I, yeah I think, uh he just gave us a new album at the end of last yeah, year exactly now, now we get a nice you know look back to a you know a glorious past era mm-hmm. um yeah i'm very i'm very much looking forward to seeing that yeah, I, um, I, I, I don't think it's ever going to happen, but I, I would love for them to release either on streaming services or a DVD, the Carousel Show, you know, Clarence's Last, where they filmed those. You know, they only yeah. released just one or two videos, and I think it would be neat to, even if you showed the whole thing, like, okay, we're going to 
we're going to give you the raw footage of them practicing in two or three versions, I think would be an interesting archive of, especially with Clarence passing and that kind of yeah. end of that era. Yeah, I mean, I certainly, these days, I wouldn't rule anything out. I right. Mean, clearly, in that case, it was filmed. So, yeah. um, I mean, the, the one I'm really hoping um, someday, and I, completely selfish of me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, on the Devils and Dust tour, he um, played the, the Boston Garden, and it was a, it was a very odd um, setup. He played half the, half the venue, mm-hmm. but instead of cutting it down the middle, uh, he cut it long ways. Okay. <laughs> the hockey arena, you know, cut long ways down the middle. It was taped for DVD. We had to, you know, there's signs everywhere. You'll yeah. be taped. You come in and, um, and it was never released. Oh. Uh, and, and I've heard him interviewed once or twice. I think he's mentioned, oh yeah, we'll get around to it. And, you know, other things came up and um, so it is sitting out there somewhere. Oh, <laughs> you know? that would be good. <laughs> you know, and that, you know, was supposed to be the document of that solo tour, which was I mean, oh yeah, mind blowing, unbelievable the way he was able to, you know, hold that crowd completely and totally by himself. Um, you know, I, I mean, it was to this day. I saw him a couple times on that tour, and to this day, it remains one of my favorite. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. So that's the one I'm, I'm sort of holding out for. One of these. No, days. I think that is a great. I would love to see that because I loved. Um, you know, storytellers and, you know, was that same, kind of the same period. And exactly. so I would have loved to have seen that, um, you know, I'm, according to our friends, you know, at None But The Brave, there are not a lot of um, rising clean sound because, you know, my, I would, I would love to have an official release. My first show was in Dallas 2002 on the rising and like, Oh, you know, how fun would it be to have an official release with that first show to experience? But um, I guess for some reason, they don't have a lot of clean audio on that tour. Yeah. Yeah. And they released some good ones. Um, yeah. But yeah, for whatever reason, I mean, I mean, it was, you know, I mean, that was two, 2000, right. 2002, 2003, they were certainly well equipped. Yeah. They should be so seen to be. Yeah. I don't know exactly yeah. why that didn't happen. I, I'm lucky because actually the, my very first Bruce show, which was with the other band yeah. in, uh, at, um, in New Jersey in 92, um, they did release um, as, as one of the, um, the, the uh, first Friday shows, uh, I forget when last year maybe. Okay. Uh, so that was really neat. To, yeah. You know, of course, I got it right away, and it, it was it was so neat to, um, you know, and particularly not the songs, of course, but also you know the the banter in between and the things he said, which came back to me, you know, the things I'd forgotten um, that he talked about and and said, and um, I mean, it really is a gift the way mm-hmm. he's doing this, and the most recent one, of course, is is Fenway. Yeah, uh, 2012, but where I was at that show, so I was so excited to to see that um, that released. Um, and I went um, where your your listeners can't see, but um, we are on Zoom, so I'll hold up my yeah. uh, CD. Uh, uh, very <laughs> nice. Show. I only order the CDs uh, for the shows I've actually been to. Yes. I, do, I don't even really have a CD player Right, but it just seems like it's... But I want to have something Exactly, old. yes, absolutely. Um, so I can't go nuts with that, but yeah. uh, this was even probably, you know, more than I need. But I have it, and uh, and that was some show. I mean... Um, yeah, that was a great show. It, it, it 
you know, and I'd seen him the night before, which was a more traditional, also an amazing show. Yeah. Uh, But the night before was much more, it was much more of a traditional first night show. Um, You know, it it was on the Wrecking Ball tour. So it was very, you know, sort of uh, revolved around that album. Um, And, you know, it was very, very moving. Um, You know, it was the first post Clarence tour, of course. and very powerful uh, emotional show. And then the second night, which is the one that it was just released, was looser and you know just so many unexpected detours on that on that show, and so much fun. Um, it, it was a great one-two punch. I, I'd I'd love if they released the first one too, so I could have them as bookends. Absolutely. Um, but that second one really was, um, you know, for me. You know, we played Frankie, which I'd always wanted to hear live, and that was just you know, such, such a great performance. That was where he, um, you know, he had everybody light up their cell phones while he was talking about fireflies and you saw them. Oh, nice. Yeah. Really, really nice effect. Um, Thundercrack. I mean, it really, you know, got back into, you know, some of the deep history there. Um, that was the show that started off with the acoustic Thunder Road, which is Tim and Roy, which he has done, you know, since, but at, at that point hadn't done since the seventies. Right. So, so you knew. Yeah, right you're like, there. oh wow, okay, this, yeah. We're this is not this. your your, yeah. your typical night. And again, I, I think, and it was sort of again backward looking a little bit the way he revived some of these old things. They did uh, prove it all night with the very with the long intro with him and Stevie sort of doing the dueling guitars, which was great. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, and I and his Backstreet sort of that very sort of extended Backstreets. Um, although that one had a little snippet of Dream Baby Dream in it mm-hmm. uh, in the middle, which, which was sort of a new twist on that extended right. version. But, um, it, but it was, you know, I, I think he was just starting to move in the direction that would eventually lead to his memoir. And, yes. to, you know, um, and the way the River Tour sort of evolved from its celebration of the river to his celebration of his very early career right um, and this was i think sure you, you got snippets of that you got the, the beginning yeah. of the direction from him so and we're going to talk about your latest blog um where uh you kind of ranked um for fun you know bruce's guest appearances and you know mm-hmm. uh but just your and no one knows but i just would love your opinion let's say we do get a tour in 2022 that we're all hoping on. Do you, do you think it's a standard, like a rising wrecking ball tour where there's a lot of the new music in there, or do you feel more, it'll be like a reunion show? I mean, it is so hard to say. And, and, I mean, there's never been anything like this, you know, where the album has been sitting, you know, came out in November of last year, I believe, Um, you know, but but at this point will be over a year later, even, and that's if they get on the road early next year, right? Well over a year later. Um, So it it doesn't feel like it, it would make complete sense to just do a typical, okay, here's the letter to you tour. Yeah. Also don't forget, Western stars came out yes since the last time he toured and I know that's not a, an album that you can do a lot 
of songs, you know, with the band necessarily. But if you've heard um, Stevie's version of uh, Tucson Train, yeah, you know it's possible. Yes, it is absolutely. <laughs> Some of those songs with a with a with a, with a bigger band, um, particularly if you happen to have a bunch of horns. Um, yeah. So- whether or not that comes comes to pass but um so yeah so i I could definitely see him uh you know there's this this you know and he also has done broadway which has changed the probably the way he approaches certain um songs in terms of ones he might want to tackle in a more acoustic fashion or yeah uh, ways he wants to be more you know confessional or right so i feel like there's a lot of factors that could come to the fore as he's as he's planning that tour um, not to mention, like you said, you know, he's showing up in all these other artists' songs. Yeah. Um, you know, he seems to want to connect somehow with yes, uh, he does fellow musicians, maybe more than ever before. So who knows? We could see people popping up as guests. We could see, you know, him doing some of those songs uh, live would, would be kind of fun. So, um, so yeah, I think there's going to be excitement. It's going to be a hot ticket. Yes, <laughs> no it will matter, be. No matter what. Yeah. Um, Start saving now. Exactly. Uh, if you have to buy them, uh, you know, on the secondary market, because they're not going to be cheap. Well, but, and, uh, yeah. you know, and I've kind of, I tongue in cheek when I ask my guest their first time on the podcast, you know, one of the questions I ask is, you know, what song do you want to hear live? You haven't. And I preface, and obviously, Western Star's Letter to You goes without saying that you take anything from either of those albums live, right? Like you're, you know, so uh, yeah, so I, you know, you're, you absolutely, um, I think that there would be a healthy percentage of us that if he just did Letter to You and Western Star's mixed up with just a couple other, you know, sprinkling of classic Springsteen songs, we'd go away. It was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I'm so lucky that you know. I feel like I've seen almost every everything I, I've wanted him uh, to do. Um, you know that the the end of that river tour, like I said, when he went back and he was doing yeah. all those cuts from uh, you know Wild and Innocent, and uh, you know he did an amazing version of Sandy when I saw him at Gillette Stadium. That was mostly acoustic, and I think. He, he almost improvised. I think the band was supposed to come in a lot sooner and he, he sort of called them off. Yeah. And kept going with just, with just the guitar. Then they came in at the very end. It was, you felt like you were seeing something being created in real time, you know, this very mm-hmm. special moment. So, you know, it's almost like, I, what else could I ask for at this point? Sure, there you go. Uh, so I, I'd always wanted to see him do um, This Hard Land. And when I saw him on Broadway, it was one of the nights Patty wasn't there. Right. So as a those on those nights, as to make up for the fact that you missed her songs, he he stayed one extra song and did this hard land, um, and let you take pictures during it. That was your your uh, your board for having so. So I even got to see him do that. There you go. So I will take whatever I can get. Yes, <laughs> he wants to do. It's fine with me. Um, and uh, but yeah, you're right. I would love you know to see as much of that new material as possible. And we've talked about this before. I mean, Letter to You is designed to be performed live. Most, most yes. of the on that. Album. I think so. You know, the old ones, you know, that, that he uh, released officially for the first time now, I think would, would just sound amazing. Yeah, uh, I agree. And the newly written ones too. Those, I, I think it will, will be a showstopper. Um, 
Yeah, it's it's exciting to think about. I really hope it happens. Yeah, me too. So, how you know the podcast keeps giving because I keep finding people that are willing to share their Springsteen story, and I'm so grateful. Um, the blog keeps going because there's always something interesting that Bruce is doing, isn't it? Well, that's just the thing. I, I mean, and I don't, you know, I, I there are times when I've um, updated it more frequently. Than I do now. Yeah, it has a long, a long storied history. Like yes, the edge of town. For a good chunk of time, it was actually something I did as part of my day job um, at my when I um, worked at, at my last uh, media company. Um, now it's more of a side uh, project. So it's more, you know, I, I try to update every week or so as opposed to, you know, three or four or five times a week like I was doing at the beginning. Um, but but there is, you're right. There is always something that, you know, even through this pandemic that uh, he was doing that made for something, you know, worthy of commentary or just noting or providing, you know, links to um, or, or just, you uh, you know, just commenting on. And um, so this, the most, most recently, you know, it's hard not to, how do you not notice that he is popping up in all these other artists. So there's some really, you know, interesting ones. Um, you and mentioned Mellencamp. I'm really looking forward to that album. Supposedly he's going to be on, uh, I think three tracks he said um, yeah. on an album. And I'm a, you know, Mellencamp fan from way back then. And I always, you know, wondered, you know, why they hadn't. Yeah, <laughs> no, that it. does seem like a good uh, fit. Yeah, definitely. And, and I know, I remember seeing them, they both played Obama's uh, inaugural concert. And I remember um, seeing Bruce, I, I don't remember if it was in print or if somebody interviewed him at the time after Mellencamp did Pink Houses and Bruce was just like, man, what a song. Like, you know, yeah. clearly he was, um, you know, even after all those those years later, he, he was impressed by, uh, and then it was, that's, I, I think, one, it's certainly one of his best. So anyway, so that will be coming out, but no one yeah. expected this Chinatown uh, with Bleacher, no. um, who I, I like very much. I, I, I lay claim to, uh, I, I claim to have discovered the band Fun. Okay. Is, you know, Jake Antonoff's band um, prior to, uh, to Bleachers, because I don't know where I, I came across them on a blog you know, this is, you know, you know, we talk about my blog, it's, it's hard to, uh, it's changed so much, but in the 2000, I'd say, you know, 2005 to 2010, there were so many music blogs, so many. Yes. And everybody's just putting up music. Right. Nobody was checking. You know, exactly. Yes. Wild West of music blogs. And I discovered so many new artists and, um, and one of them was the format, which was, um, sort of a precursor to fun and then when fun came out with their first album I remember reviewing it um, be one of the first people to review it just because uh, you know they they hadn't hit the mainstream yet so and then of course they got very big for a while mm-hmm. um, and then bleachers was Antonoff's you know sort of spinoff from there um, and they're obviously they're very current um, you know he is the producer um, of some of the biggest acts out there right now and to see Bruce pop up with him in that song was so unexpected um, you know, I, I think it's a really good song and I love Bruce's uh, take on it. He's not what you call an integral part of the song. It's not a duet per se, yeah. um, which is probably why I didn't put it a little bit higher on, on my list of, of ranking because I was ranking them from a Springsteen Springsteen as perspective, right. not necessarily as to how good a song it is. Um, but 
you know, I, I think it, it's just great to, to see him still, you know, influencing clearly um, younger, you know, artists and, and them wanting to be a part of what he brings to the table. Yeah. Um, so you started out the list with Highway to Hell with Morella, Eddie Vedder. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we had heard Bruce do a cover, you know, when he was in Australia. So um, it, this was kind of fun. And, and of course, all my non-Springsteen fans were hitting me up like, hey, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Uh, so I thought it was a fun cover. And they, you know, uh, it was kind of Bruce was along for the ride. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's a necessarily great cover. Uh, but I mean, he, he, you know, he laid it all out there. He did his best ACDC you know, I, I, I said on the blog, his best, you know, vocal cord shredding, you know, take on that. Then um, that song, it was that, you know, we'd all heard, you know, the the um, the version he did in 2014, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and this is, it, it's nice to have, I ranked a 10 out of the, you know, which puts it above a bunch of other songs, but at the yeah. bottom of the list I did. Um, it, it kind of felt to me, and I, I'm just assuming none of them were in the same room at the time, but and, and it felt that way to me. Yeah, exactly. But um, but still, it, it's a lot of fun. Um, it had that you know classic Morello guitar noodling. Yeah, <laughs> it was just an acquired taste, but which I find pretty cool. Yeah, and um, and yeah, I think uh, and again, unexpected. It comes, you know, shows up out of the blue, and it's one more thing to sort of keep us interested as uh, you know we sort of wait for things to get more back to normal. Yeah, uh, number nine, you mentioned Chinatown from Bleachers. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, eight, better to have and not need. Sam Moore. Um, this is one of my favorite songs, um, and the duets, and and I always whenever we're planning a party, I quote this, right? Better to have and not need than to need and not have. You know, whenever we're talking about having, you know, uh, people, we're going to do a cookout or we're going to do a work party, you know, it's like better to have and not need than to need and not have. So, and I always hear the song in my mind when I'm doing that. So, um, as you mentioned, it seems Bruce was just clearly loving that he had a chance to do this yeah it was you know again i i don't think it'll go down in history as this great song but what a great vibe yes fun they were clearly having doing it and the background singers are awesome and the harmonica line is is fun and um yeah i don't remember making much of a splash at the time but that's from 2006 but um yeah, yeah clearly you know this is one of those cases where bruce is just having a ball with somebody who he really loves and respects. yeah he does uh you put number seven dust land with the killers yeah, uh, yeah. go ahead hey, that was another one i you know and again I'm, i i like I, I enjoy the killers they're they're <laughs> you know i used to have a running running joke with a, a younger guy i worked with it was a killers huge huge killers fan but was the first to admit that they were extremely in Springsteen's debt, <laughs> you know, I mean, especially with Sam's Town, yeah. their Springsteen tribute album. Um, and, uh, you, you know, so you can only imagine Brandon Flowers, like just being, like, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Function in his presence. 
but they do, you know, a great job. And this is, of course, a song that um, that they had recorded back in 2008. And this is sort of a, you know, not not very different, but slightly. They changed the name. Yeah. Um, the Dustland Fairy Tale to just Dustland. Um, but I think their voices complement each other really well. You know, it, it, you know, it still sounds like a killer song. It's not like a, um, you know, trying to replicate the Springsteen sound completely, but you know, by just by being there, you know, Bruce brings it into that Springsteen realm. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was not a big Warren Savon fan. I, I knew who he was. I kind of recognized, um, but um when the wind came out you know i had a couple of buddies like okay you need to listen to this you know and retroactively i really learned to love warren zavon so i was really glad you did disorder in the house um i think bruce doing my rides here always brings you know uh misty and um keep me in your heart i still feel is just one of the great i know i'm leaving but i'm going to give you one last song to remember you by uh, so I, I i really appreciate you including that one yeah no i i completely agree um and yeah that's that is the tearjerker certainly on the album maybe because he's so matter of fact about it it's um you know like i think i said in the buy it's not mawkish at all i mean he's he's um you know, he's just, he is who he is, you know, he's always very, you know, he just puts it all out there. Um, and a lot of the album is fun. And, and, you know, this song in particular is, you know, there's, they're laughing, you know, during the, you know, as they're singing, um, you know, and they knew he was ill at the time. It was, it was, uh, you know, it, it must've been very tough um, yeah. on him and on all the, the people we worked with then. Um, the fact that they were able to come out with this sort of, you know, joyous take on, um, you know, and it, it's very, uh, you know, and, 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 it, and it, it fits well into the rest of uh, his, you know, uh, uh, in that it's just about, you know, everything sort of like falling apart around you um, and, yeah. and still finding a reason to get up in the morning. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, um, but, and I'm glad you brought up that, that cover of, of uh, My Rides Here, which is one of my uh, favorite Zayman songs. And Bruce really did, um, he, he did a great job on that right after. Yeah, and I always think of the line, I, and I don't remember where it was, but him saying that when Brian Wilson married the little surfer girl, Wendy, they had twin sons, Warren Savon and Jackson Brown, you know, and, and I always love the idea of that, that the two, the idea that they were two very, they not identical twins. They were just fraternal twins and both bringing on the music and the thought of that and both from that Southern California vibe, but going into different ways. So that's always makes me smile when I think about that. Um, number five, better things, Ray Davies. Uh, you gotta love this. Uh, you know, I, I think the the energy and joy of this is just a really fun. It is, I, and I didn't know this song. I'm not. I guess I'm not a big enough Kinks fan. Uh, I didn't before they came out with their duet. I did not know the Kinks version. Um, and, and it is. I mean, it's a sad song. It's about yeah. you know it's one of these. 
um, breakup songs where you're sort of wishing the uh, you know the person with whom you are no longer yes uh, you know happiness you know without you in in the future but um, but it's still it's that very um, you know that jangly kinks sound that um, you know it's just so you know uh, endearing and um, and then then the way they trade verses it's again one of these cases where where you could tell that Bruce just you know loves the kinks. Uh, loves Ray Davies, is thrilled to be there standing next to him, if, if he in fact was, um, and, and working with him. Um, and so, uh, and I th- and I also think it just, like you were saying, stands up as a really good song, um, you know, be, beyond sort of the experiment of redoing old songs with, with new collaborators. It, it really stands just on its own as a great track. Yeah. Uh, Peg in My Heart, Dropkick Murphys, instead of Rose Tattoo. I'm not quibbling either one. I, I, I love that when he does Dropkick Murphys, the way he plays with them. Um, and I I remember, wasn't this originally for like, there was like a charity, like you could get this in a like almost a virtual EP or something. It feels well, like somehow that's what I remember. No, that was Rose Tattoo. Okay. And, and it's interesting. The only reason... I mean, I could go either way too on both of those. Yeah, Rose Tattoo is not on Spotify. Okay, <laughs> there you go. That's a, sometimes. <laughs> yes, I like to do a Spotify playlist that you can save. Right, and there were two really. That was one. Actually, there were three big omissions that songs that aren't on, on Spotify. Rose Tattoo, but luckily he had Peg of My Heart, so I was able to use that huh. instead. Broken Radio with Jesse Mellon, which which is one of really the best um, co- collaborations Bruce has done, you know, this century is for yeah. whatever reason, not on Spotify, don't ask me why. Yeah. Um, and also uh, the cover of When Will I Be Loved that he did with John Fogarty, um, which I guess is not much of a surprise if you know anything about John Fogarty. He's, you know, yeah, and, and exactly. music, he's very yeah. sensitive about that subject. So maybe he's keeping it off for that reason. So, um I actually went back after when enough people said, where's Broken Radio? I went back and said, okay, here's a video of it anyway from YouTube, even though I can't put it on my Spotify playlist. And I think, you know, and again, I do love Rose Tattoo, but I love Peck of My Heart too. I, I, oh, like, I do too. It's fun. Uh, yeah. The energy is great. They're screaming at the top of their lungs and loving every minute of it. And, um, and they're, you know, and I, yeah, they're great too. Obviously a great Boston band. Um, we get a ton of local history here. Uh, so, you know, I, I uh, had to put it in the top five. And I also have a lot of happy memories because, um, you know, my son loves baseball often like your son. And um, during, you know, when they did the live, you know, the virtual concert where Bruce, you know, sung in, you know, Chris was just amazed. He was amazed that they were playing at this, wonderful venue by themselves you know just the whole night was exciting for him and so um and you know he had not known any of these songs and so was really enjoyed the concert and that, did it yeah so that went so much better and it really it really it, it had no reason being that well like yeah. how do you do a song when you're in boston you're in jersey you guys can't hear each other really but it 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 works out you know yeah, they, they, they sounded great they sounded great together yeah 
he, despite the fact that there was no crowd there, they still, you know, we got the energy up yeah. and, um, and we needed it. We needed yeah. it. At that oh, point. we did. I absolutely really, you know, underground at that point. And, um, I'm glad they took a chance on it. Yeah, I agree too. Um, number three, I would have ranked higher, but just because I just love Roseanne Cash. Yeah. I love everything about her. Um, you know, I, I've always loved her voice, always loved her music. And then when you saw, I, I, I adored Ken Burns country music, you know, documentary. Mm-hmm. And she was one of the commentaries and just hearing her talk about like her dad, let, let me give you these songs you should learn. And she's sharing with him, well, here are songs you should learn. Um, it's just a great song. And he, and you mentioned like, hey, can we guys do another duet sometime? <laughs> and I'm right there with you. Yeah, I, I think you could definitely make the argument that it could be higher. And she's by all accounts, a, a lovely woman. And, yeah. Um, and I think what's different about this track, you know, for, for pretty much all the other ones, it's Springsteen bringing the Springsteen thing, you know, yes. to an artist who wanted to do maybe you know maybe not chinatown would be the the one other one that yeah that is more unusual and and out of his comfort zone but this you know he really i feel like he's stretched you know he does yes. those, those country harmonies with her um uh, that little you know almost not quite spoken word but um you know a, a little you know interlude um you know without backing music and um and it's a perfect compliment to what she is doing as you know as the lead artist on the track and and you're right it's just such a it's such a great song um really surprised me um when it when it came out in 2009 um you know right right, you know i'm always excited when i hear that bruce is going to be popping up somewhere so of course i was going to listen but this was beyond my expectations so that's what why it, it made it so high on the list and i've not thought about this till just now when I drove to Nashville in 2014 to see him perform. I kept in the back of my mind, it's Nashville. Someone's going to show up. He'll have (laughs) someone. And maybe because I'm spoiled, the first night I saw him in Dallas in 2002, Don Henley was living in Dallas at the time, and he joined Bruce on stage to do I Fought the Law. You know, so, you know, I'm like, oh, Bruce always invites a local musician to join him, you know, and now that I realize it's rare, but I really was thinking Nashville. And I think in the back of my mind, like maybe Roseanne Cash could, you know, like, was she in town? Could she have seen things? So that would have been really nice to see. Yeah, I would love to, to see them, them work together again. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yeah. Well, my favorite cover is Jolie Blanc. So absolutely. I love this. Um, I love when Bruce covers it. Um, when I need to be cheered up, I will go and Google um, when it's a sign request, you know, good call, good call. And just watching Charlie and, and, and Susie like, oh, just he's directing the band from there. Um, so absolutely a great, great, um, you know, him and Steve, I remember you know, never hearing of Gary U.S. Bonds, but then when Bruce worked with them in that early 80s, you know, him on the radio all the time. And so, yeah, absolutely beautiful. 
It's interesting. So my Gary U.S. Bond story, and I've written about this uh, a long time ago. Is so I I was getting it, really getting into Springsteen in the you know it, after Born in the USA came out when I was four, uh, 15, 14. Um, so that's when I first started you know get, getting into him as a young teenager who's just discovering music and what it could do for you. Um, so of course I went right back and bought all his old albums and you know so it, it was all Springsteen you know those first you know four Springsteen albums uh, all day every day. Um, so my father comes up to me um, and he you know and he always had good you know I, I felt like he kept up with the modern music you know loved yeah. you know oldies the Chuck Berry and um, Little Richard and the doo-wop from the 50s but he also loved Billy Joel um, Bob Seger, Rod Stewart, like these were all albums that were, that were played in my house. Um, and he said, oh, you, you got to listen to this. And he pulls out Dedication by Gary U.S. Bonds. He had loved Bonds in his first go around in the early 60s. And he said, Springsteen is, you know, plays on this album. I was like, what? <laughs> Again, I haven't heard of them. Yeah. I had no idea this existed. Put it on. It sounds like an East Street Band album because it is. Yes. <laughs> they all played on it. There's the there's Clarence and Sax, and there's Bruce singing with him on this track, which is just great. I mean, it's you know, it's a party straight through. Um, you know, and Stevie, I can only imagine uh, his excitement and joy at working on this this project. And both the albums that they worked on together um, are keepers. And yes, uh, very much so. Um, and so now that I, I'm reviewing your list, no, I couldn't have put um, Sea of Heartbreak any higher than three because I'm not going to bring down Jolie Bon and I'm not going to knock down It's Been a Long Time. Yeah. I, I, you know, uh, so go back and take that thing away. Um, it's Been a Long Time is such a great song. And you mentioned the part uh you know we're, and we were never going to be get old you know we were never going to get old and the the humor in that and then hearing that um that's it's just an amazing song it is stevie wrote it i i easily one of his best yeah i think um and as i mentioned on the blog it's you know during you know it was in this period of real uncertainty for yes. fans um, you know, Tunnel of Love was sort of a, an odd release for him. It's aged beautifully, but I think coming on the heels of um, Born in the USA and the and the live box set was like, oh, what's this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, oh, this, I, absolutely. This, this quiet album. Um, and then the tour was, you know, not as necessarily as lauded as, say, the Born in the USA tour was. And then he dismisses the E Street Band, which makes headlines around the world. And I remember thinking, what? I mean, this is like, you, you, you literally could not get your mind around it. You, you just, um, and then, then nothing. Years, two years, nothing. Um, and then I remember this, so the Southside Johnny, who also had not come out with an album in several years at that point, um, comes out with this album, which was really one of, I, I think ranks right up there with, with his earlier works that he did with, with Stevie. Um, and this song, and there's Bruce out of nowhere, standing next to Stevie for, you know, the former Main Street Band member and, and Southside, his old friend, and, you know, singing about the old days. And it just, you like, suddenly you, you were, you felt relaxed. 
Yes. Like this will hold me over till whatever he does next. Um, and beyond that, so so it did. You had that in the moment, and now you know all these years later, it holds up as as just a, a great song. And they still you know do it do it occasionally uh, under certain circumstances, and it's always great to hear. Yeah, this would be one of those that I would love to be able to go to, um, you know, a, a a festival show or something where they're there and Bruce shows up as a guest and hear this. Um, you know, it is truly one of my favorites. And, um, you know, um, that and I don't want to go home. You know, it just just are two of my favorites so and i love when they all do it together so very very good choice um so i and i you did already talk about broken radio and the other stuff um you know it is kind of i don't have many regrets but and i know this is not bruce's style but it does seem like you could have had a chapter in born to run about the night of we are the world you know, it just seems like, you know, yes. hey, let me give you some stories, okay? I, you can only imagine what, yeah. what, that, what that must have been like. Um, and, yeah. of course, you know, and he really, you know, he, he brought it. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can see it in his, you know, in his face when he was, you know, wailing mm-hmm. yeah. through the, the, uh, you know, that one, one uh, verse they gave him. Um, but yeah, I can, you know, I can only imagine. Someday someone will write the definitive um uh, you know, account of what happened that night. You know, you see the, the, the pictures of Dylan looking lost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the heck am I doing here? Yeah. Uh, you know, and Bruce and Michael Jackson compare notes and it, it really, I, I, can, I can only imagine. I, I don't think the song holds up particularly well. It's so long and uh, just keeps going on and on. But I, yeah. but there are so many of those, those little pairings. Yes. Uh, you know, but whether it's, you know, Stevie Wonder and Bruce or Ray Charles and, you know, whoever, um, that, that, that little threesome with, you know, it was Huey Lewis, uh, Cindy Lauper and Kim Carnes. Mm-hmm. I always wondered why they never did an album together. That was yeah. like, whoever thought to put those three together were just, is just a brilliant human being. Um, so it's great to listen to. Yes, and I'm absolutely. So, I'm so glad. And it's not necessarily, I mean, he, obviously Bruce didn't show up for Live Aid. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad he was part of that. Absolutely. Um, so um, Bob Costas was a guest on um, a, um, a a podcast recently or uh, uh, this year, and um, the and why am I Rob Lowe's podcast? And he was telling the story that. Um, he was invited to go to the White House when President Obama was giving out the Medal of Freedoms. And um, and so Costas is there and he, I think it's Tom Hanks. I'll have to look at the story. But anyway, there's Springsteen talking to Vin Scully. And like Hanks is like, what do you think that conversation is or causes that conversation? <laughs> and they said, and I cannot do a Vince Scully, but, and, and so it's worth listening to the podcast. Just that, but he goes like, I can tell you what it's going to be. And he did a great Vince Scully. Like, so Bruce, you know, 
Born in the USA is an amazing album. Smith flies out, goes to second base, you know, and he just throws in a baseball <laughs> reference in the middle and then back to him, like it, just as if he was someone visiting in the booth. And uh, that made me smile. So you were talking about the kind of different, it would, you know, I, Dylan and all these people and, and like, does Willie Nelson visit with Bruce and like, you know, like, uh, I, I'm thinking about covering Dancing in the Dark. Well, that would be good, Willie, you know, so there we yeah, go. Well, could be, somebody could write a, you know, a one act play. Yes. <laughs> with the imagined conversation that they, I may do that. Thanks for the idea. Yeah, that <laughs> would be great. I, my next project. That would, I would love that. That would be such a great play. Oh, Peter, thank you so much for joining me. This is always a blast. Um, go ahead, um, promote not only the blog, but your excellent comic strip, which has gotten me through. I, I love the latest collection and uh, I love the latest, you know, uh, I, I see them on Instagram and I always smile and enjoy. So please plug away for a minute. Um, well, I just to, so you know where to find the blog, uh, we are at bognus-brucespringsteen.net. Um, and uh, the comic strip that Jesse was nice enough to refer to is called Pet Peeves, um, which I do with the very talented artist Dave London. I cannot draw, <laughs> so I just come up with the gags. Um, and it features a, uh, a suburban family whose dad is a big Springsteen fan and comic book nerd. and. Uh, sort of uh, grapples with having different tastes than his son, who is a big baseball player and uh, doesn't quite understand dad's tastes. Um, their dog is named Bruce Springsteen. And <laughs> we just came out with our second book called More Social Than Distant, um, which was about how the family got through the pandemic. So you can find that at petpeevescomic.com. Um, and, uh, you know, as always, Jesse, it's a blast talking to you. I, you know, I uh, love talking Springsteen and um, I should mention too, I've been doing some, um, some audio uh, Twitter spaces, which are sort of like Twitter's um, version of podcasts that disappear the minute you're done with them. Oh, interesting. <laughs> we do that for boston.com, uh, talking about music. Uh, and I always get um, at least one or two Springsteen references in no matter what the topic. Oh, uh, well, good. So Very nice. Look for boston.com on Twitter and you could find, find that there also. I will certainly do that. Uh, Peter, as always, it is amazing. I, I love catching up with you. We'll do it again when something big happens. Uh, you know, we, I try to get you on here a couple times a year. And so, because it's always fun catching up. Uh, listeners, you, please go get vaccinated. Remember to wear your mask. Let's continue to social distance, wash your hands. And, you know, let's try to get back to normal and be good to each other because that's the only way we're going to go through this. Thank you. And we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Thank you to my Patreons, Andrew Goddard, Betsy Hodges, Levi Petri, Elizabeth Bronson, Stephen Malio, Holly Mack, Steve Rogers, Dale Hosick, Terry Smith, Anna Lynn, Chris Bloom, and Mary Thomas. You all are my monthly angels thank you so much for the love and support you give on this podcast you are greatly appreciated you just heard the fun talking hard rocking music loving album ranking 
fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listening Bruce. Set Listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.